Marvel's Black Widow finally has a movie out in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access. Uh, but is it more espionage or SBO? Nah, bro. <laughs> Stay tuned for our opinions. Black Widow has had a long, tumultuous journey to the screen, uh, arguably a film that should have been released in one of the earlier phases, if not the first of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it was due to be released before the COVID-19 pandemic hit and got delayed, and uh, Marvel seemed to be dragging their feet wanting to wait for a cinema release, which has now finally happened, but alongside being able to purchase it for £19.99 here in the UK on Disney Plus Premier Access, which was the way that I personally watched it. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a hybrid strategy. Regardless, the film is finally out. Um, it's just me today. Uh, apologies for that for anybody who doesn't like the sound of my voice. And But, um, yeah, Will, my regular co-host, is not feeling too well. Um, and I wasn't able to... Uh, corral anybody else into joining me but don't worry i do have will's thoughts along with the hopefully slightly expanded um, audience interaction section so it won't really just be my views on the movie that you will uh that you'll be getting here today so um yeah the first thing i wanted to say uh was that yeah obviously with all of these delays it it has made me think that there may have been a, a house of cards type effect on the mcu um on the marvel cinematic universe so I was curious, had this come out when it was supposed to, what kind of difference it would make? Um, so as a result, my first question was, do, did Black Widow feel like a film from a year or more ago, or did it feel just fresh? Uh, and the best answer I can give to that question is kind of both. Um, it has a very old school spy movie type vibe that I think is almost timeless. Without wanting to sound too highfalutin about it, but... Um, it also is a film that, as, as many people will tell you, it's not a unique opinion. It should have been out a long time ago, were it not for the likes of um, Ike Perlmutter, who I won't get into, but the likes of uh, particular executives and others like him who didn't think a, a solo movie for a female character would do well or sell toys or whatever else. So, yeah, as a result, this film really does feel like it should have come out at the very latest between Civil War and Infinity War, which is exactly where it's set. Uh, which is weird so but having said that it certainly didn't feel like oh why am i watching this movie it's like a step backwards or anything it was still very entertaining and it still felt you know like um like part of the same universe uh albeit with slightly lower stakes than some of the bigger movies and of course we did have the post credit scene which i won't get into here um which sort of ties it into the current time that we're in in the marvel cinematic universe so there is that if you were interested in hearing about that there is a separate video on the channel where i break down what that could mean and such um i won't get into it just in case i know for a fact that will uh, was working his way through the mcu as i've said a few times and he hasn't quite caught up he hasn't watched endgame yet uh, so i did tell him he could watch the film but not the post credit scene without spoiling anything which is absolutely true for anyone if, if you were i said it in the previous video but if you were wondering about that and you weren't fully caught up as long as you've seen Captain America Civil War up to there. Um, you, you can carry straight on from there into this movie and there are no spoilers. So that's fine. Um, the, the thing I would perhaps counter with, uh, even to my own argument there, is that there are characters introduced here who I feel like we're going to see again soon. And if this film was released earlier, there would be more of a gap, uh, particularly Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova, but also um, David Harbour's Red Guardian and even Rachel Weisz's Melina. 
Lemon of Vostok, I believe the character's name is. So, yeah, uh, countering my own argument a little bit, but again, hard to deny that we really should have had a Black Widow movie sooner. So, yeah. Um, in terms of placement in the MCU, as I said, there's, there's little Easter eggs and tie-ins and things, but I would say primarily the thing that connected is the character's journeys and a little bit of depth that it gives to... Well, I say characters, obviously the only one who really matters here is is, uh, is Natasha as Black Widow. Um, but it does give that character more depth, and it is nice uh, to have that. As I said, perhaps it's too little too late for you, but it's nice to learn more about her past and uh, her sort of family unit, uh, which is nice. Yeah. <clears throat> On a sort of sillier note, one thing I didn't respond positively to was the idea that we, we needed to learn where... Um, where Natasha got the things that she had in Infinity War. So it's kind of like it reminded me of um, Solo, a Star Wars story, which was like, because it's a prequel, it has to explain where he got his blaster and where he got his name from and whatever else. And there was a hint of that in sort of like, I don't think I, I, I or personally myself or anybody was watching Infinity War thinking, oh, I wonder where Black Widow got that neat vest or the hair dye to dye her hair blonde. We didn't need to know that. And those couple of things just came across really silly. The film could have afforded to lose them. And that's one way where, because it's functioning as kind of a prequel, it, it rather hurts the movie. So I, I could have lived with that being cut. Um, uh, but yeah, other than that, I think in terms of ramifications for the future MCU, the biggest thing here is, is Yelena, is Florence Pugh's character. Um, we know she is another Black Widow in the comics, albeit one who is more on the side of the bad guys, maybe. Um, and there's already been rumblings that she's maybe a replacement of sorts for Scarlett Johansson um, in the Black Widow role. Uh, you can, yeah, you can see she steals the movie. It's, it's again, it's not a unique opinion. She's fantastic. She's definitely someone Marvel should be thrilled they got for this and that they want to get uh, keep a hold of. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird because. It doesn't feel like it's just set up for that character, but it does feel weird to uh, to have that character in a movie that really should be more about Nat. So I can understand that particular criticism as well, which is it's it's our Black Widow's movie, I guess, almost. So it might have been nice to do a little bit more. I, th I think personally they did enough, but I can certainly see that other people might disagree. And uh, as I say, I'm here to kind of provide all views. Um, again, I think that there was enough, and I think those two's stories are tied. But for the future of the MCU, in terms of, like, should you watch this for whatever reason going forward, I think that's going to be a big one, is to watch it for Yelena, um, because she's going to be important, I can just tell. So, yeah, the other question that I kind of... I, I was trying to sort of ask myself questions before coming to this review, and another of them was, um, how effective would this have been as the launch of Marvel's Phase 4, which it was originally intended to be before COVID and everything? Uh, the answer to that question is that I'm really glad the launch we actually got was WandaVision. Um, I think this would have been a little bit of a slow start without really... It wouldn't really have got us super excited. It does feel a lot of ways like it's tethered to the past. Um, and because it came where it did, where we've already had almost three TV series worth of Phase 4 set up and stuff, and we know that it's going to some exciting places, I think it softens the idea that you feel like, well this hasn't given us any indication really of where the story or the overall plots are going. Yes, we get characters that we'll probably see again. Um, and certainly again, the post credit scene sets up bits and pieces, but 
in terms of the larger universe, it just it, it maybe does feel like a step backwards. So to start the phase with that would have perhaps been a little bit uh, underwhelming. So yeah, um, I'm glad we got it when we did uh, in that respect. So I think that probably worked out for the best, despite obviously nobody wanting uh, the circumstances that uh, led to it. Um, so yeah, obviously the next thing to think about would be the acting in the film. Uh, so first of all, how is Scarlett Johansson? I think she's fantastic in the film. Um, again, she gives actual depth and gravitas to Natasha, uh, as does the actress. And I apologize, I didn't look up the name. The actress who plays the younger version of Natasha at the start of the film is also brilliant. Um, yeah, whatever your opinion on Scarlett Johansson, and I know there's a lot of them out there. She has made dumb remarks and done silly things in the past, but I think she's fantastic as an actress, as an action star. She more than carries this film. Again, it should have been given to her sooner, but yeah, I think it's fantastic, and she is the emotional heart of the film. So if you've been following the MCU, I think that that is your anchor, and that's what links you in. Um, having said that, Florence Pugh arguably steals the film um, from under her, because like I said, that, that's that's what everybody's talking about, is her performance as Yelena, which is it's funny, it's touching. She's a fantastic actress. She's got screen presence, and uh, it's hard to deny that she's... She's got a bright future ahead of her, both in other movies, the actress, and in Marvel movies, the character. Um, I'd be remiss not to point out that, yeah, David Harbour as the Red Guardian uh, is fantastic. He, there's something about that character's kind of, kind of bizarrely unaware humour, I guess, uh, humour from, from places that, that isn't directly him trying to be funny. Uh, being a bit out of it and again he's just charming as we knew or as as you may have known from watching the actor in stranger things and such so i think he's brilliant and rachel vice is great for the somewhat small amount of screen time she gets comparatively it's not terrible it's more than just a little cameo but it's probably less than you would have been expecting um i even personally thought that ray winstone as um perhaps the the biggest villain in the movie was uh, was pretty great so, uh, yeah, uh, I know a lot of people don't really love that, but I think he gave just the right level of menace to the role. Yes, fair enough, he's Russian by way of Cockney, um, but accent-wise, but I think because he's got that intimidation factor, it adds a little bit to that character, because he is kind of a scary bloke if, he, you know, if he's getting angry and whatnot. So the accent perhaps could have been better to sell that, but I think he's got a good enough presence. Um, without getting into spoilers which i will probably address more so toward the end of the review i probably should have said that sooner but i'll try and keep as spoiler free as possible and then we'll get into spoilers after i've discussed a few thoughts here and there um yeah so yeah the, the other thing obviously how is the action in the movie it is an action movie ultimately uh yeah it's kind of um is it more like a comic book movie or an action spy film it's more like a spy film, I would say. It's got it, the film reminded me very much of sort of a James Bond movie, a globe-trotting spy adventure with action and shootouts and uh, stunts and things. And yes, there is a moment when Natasha watches a Bond movie in the film, which I think is very deliberate. That's what they were going for. Um, she watches Moonraker, if anybody's curious. But yeah, uh, so I think that that's what it felt like until. The last act where, without getting into spoilers, things just get very silly and over the top and comic booky, uh, which I know has been a criticism of a lot of movies in that third act, particularly comic book type films, they just can't seem to tonally keep the right level. And I think that film does, or this film does arguably kind of 
uh, fall victim to that, wanting to, wanting to have to go sort of bigger and grander and forgetting that these characters aren't really superheroes in that respect. They don't have powers or incredible abilities. So there are times when you're watching thinking, okay, these characters would be dead, you know, four times over by now. But I suppose suspension of disbelief, uh, you know, it's up to how much you can have. And I could up to a point, but like I say, towards the end, it does get kind of silly. Um Excuse me. In terms of the villain and the threat, now there's a discussion and a half. Um, again, I thought Ray Winslow was fantastic, and having him be uh, the way that he was was a good choice. Um, I can't really get into too much until we get to the spoiler section, which I will address later. But the other main villain, Taskmaster, I liked. I know there's controversy. Um, I don't have any real issue. Again, I'll discuss it in spoilers, but I thought it was fine, and I liked the motivations that we got for the villains. I liked that it wasn't a, you know, it didn't end with a massive sky beam or wanting to rule the world or change reality or anything. So, and there was very much a sense of the James Bond style, just a villain in their lair, you know, <laughs> ending. So that was, that was, for me, that was a plus. Um, the humor, the Marvel humor is always something that comes up. And uh, is it here? I think, yeah, I think it is. But I think it's, it, there's not a barrage of it. So people that have a problem with it, I think would, would probably agree it's it's toned down a little but what there is is actually really really good uh it's not over the top and it's not just gags for the sake of it it's often it's often humor from the situation or from the characters so that's where i think it really benefits again perhaps the person that comes out of this best is david harbour uh, as the red guardian but everybody gets a little moment and there's a running joke with Yelena and a particular criticism she has about her sister. Um, that's probably the funniest thing in the movie. That's that's kind of stuck with uh, with me and with some memes and things ever since. So uh, I would say, yeah, that's that's definitely a win for me on that particular score. Um, the music in the film was another thing I noted because it starts off really brilliantly. Um, you know, we do get hints of a particular song that Yelena likes uh, that, that becomes sort of a grounding thing for her uh, without getting too far into it. And again, you probably have heard by now that this is unlike a lot of Marvel movies, certainly since phase one, this film has opening titles uh, in which they play a, a sort of slowed down cover of, uh, <clears throat> of a particular song, which is very good, very haunting and very effective. Um, so yeah, it starts off well, even the score as well as the songs used, but it kind of trails off towards the end. So by the end, it does get a little bit generic Marvel action film-esque, which isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. It's a formula that works, but I just thought the music was way more memorably, wow, this is excellent at the start of the movie or the first half, should I say? Um, yeah, but the direction. So yeah, the director of the movie, Kate Shortland, a uh, female director, which is always to be applauded, I think did a fantastic job. I think the action scenes are brilliant i loved the um black widow versus taskmaster fights i thought they were pretty exciting and cool uh the stunts and everything looked breathtaking really uh quite terrifying in a way to have watched to think that somebody had to try and uh, pull that off so yeah and then uh, as i say even towards the end much as i may have criticism about how sort of comic book silly the action gets it does look incredible uh so i think as a director i think kate shortland absolutely proved her worth in that regard but also uh, for the performances that she got out of all of the actors for what they're supposed to do um <clears throat> whether that be the emotional beats or the the sense of family that's, that's being conveyed or the humor 
uh, yeah, I think that that all comes across brilliantly. So I think as a director, I think that, that I would again again give top marks. I think that um, it's hard to say that uh, that she could have done anything more. Frankly, um, I was just so impressed. So <clears throat> yeah, I think outstanding. So. Uh, with apologies for anything that might have been considered a spoiler previously, I will get into the actual main spoiler section now uh, and say that, yeah, so the first thing I should probably discuss is Taskmaster, which I know has been a huge controversy on the internet. Um, Taskmaster in the comics is a male, uh, almost Deadpool-esque, cocky, talkative character called Tony Masters. Um, who, you know, he exists and he has his own identity. This film is different. This film, the character is a female character, uh, Antonia, um, but that same character is Drakov's daughter, who, in fairness, we have heard about since Marvel's Avengers in 2012, so that's why, to me, I didn't mind that change. I have no particular fondness or affection for the comic book version of Taskmaster. So, uh, yeah, we... Uh... I feel like the Taskmaster reveal is way more fitting for this movie, personally, because, um, as I said, Drakov's daughter is something that we have addressed in the MCU before, uh, so it's had its own war since 2012, since Avengers, um, and I, for one, have been curious about it ever since Loki kind of said it's, you know, it's the red in your ledger, what is it? Uh, so, yeah, the, the, perhaps the big question there, is it effective uh, to know what Natasha did? Um I can see people having an issue with the fact that she did do it, uh, that she did effectively, as far as she was concerned, murder a kid. Um, because we didn't see a lot of what happens in Budapest, I suppose there's an argument for, well, she had to, it was a desperate situation, and we do certainly get a sense that Drakov himself is an uber-bad who needed to be dealt with. Um, but tying, I think, Taskmaster into Natasha's past, I think, is much better for this particular movie and for the story they're telling. Uh, it also really emphasizes Drakov's misogyny and the fact that, unlike Natasha, he has no ties even to family, he, even his own daughter. He basically, you know, um, turned into a, a brainwashed zombie with, you know, just the uh, just the Taskmaster protocols to to exist in her brain and nothing else, and so. There's a horrific sort of sense to that that I think really works for what the movie's trying to say, along with the things that it's saying about human trafficking and about people who consider, uh, in Drakov's words, you know, girls to be just a resource to be utilised and, and not to be thought better of. And, you know, his uh, his his callous sort of disregard for, well, there's only one in four survive and the rest we just kill like, you know, like cattle or something, um, or like the pigs that Molina's trading. So, again, I think I feel like that all works way better for the film that we're currently in and for the story we're telling. And I do feel like there's a chance we could still get the traditional comic book Taskmaster down the road. I mean, it's a particular protocol. Who's to say that uh, since Antonia is now free from that, that that protocol won't be uh, taken by any number of intelligence agencies and eventually given to a Tony Masters who will then become that character and be more like his comic book counterpart. But yeah, um, again, I, I, I'm... I'm in a weird situation because I, I normally don't like when they change things from comic books. I'm not overly fond of the Mandarin twist from Iron Man 3, and I'm pleased they're kind of correcting that. And I really didn't like the uh, spoiler for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I didn't like them turning Sharon Carter basically into an evil bad guy. I feel like that's a real disservice to her comic book character. Um, but here, like I said, I think it fits tonally and 
plot structure wise, I think it fits with the, what they're saying. So for me, that's why I would defend it. But I can absolutely understand if you have a problem with it, as a particularly as a comic book geek, because I've been there. So there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's nice to see more of where the Black Widow's from. Dealing with some more spoilers, so. Seeing the stuff that we've had seeded since 2012, that particularly that that Loki interrogation scene turns out to be very important. About you know, it was Barton who recruited you in Budapest. He, uh, you know, as she says in Avengers, he made a different call. He brought her on board, but she's got a lot of red in her ledger from her days as a sort of assassin, and especially her biggest regret is Drakov's daughter. Which, again, there's an argument perhaps that the film cops out by having her not killed by Natasha, but. Again, I feel like uh, what happens to her is almost worse in a lot of ways, so it doesn't lessen that impact or that effect on her. But the fact that Nat does get to ultimately free her and come to a little bit of peace with that is nice, and I, I appreciate it. Um, you could say it's a cop-out. I don't. I think, like I said, it's it's just knowing what happens to Natasha anyway and that this is basically our chance to say that this is her you know, facing all her demons, wrapping up all her loose ends and ultimately getting her own agency back to the point that we know she's ultimately going to sacrifice herself for her family, uh, the Avengers in that case. But yeah, um, I feel like, yeah, this 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 is a, a film that um, it, it, it's very good at dealing with that side of things. It does feel a lot to me like one of those limited issue, um, six issue graphic novel series that deals with a character's origin where it's very laser focused on them. So even in the Marvel comics world of kind of the Avengers and all of the crazy big goings on there, um, we do often get those even for, you know, mutant characters, for example, or, and I'm sure there probably is a black widow one or several probably that deal with this. But um, yeah, that was, that was my particular take was that it felt a lot like that, but in a good way, because those are often the more tightly written character focused arcs. So I appreciated that. Yeah, I think it's also nice that the movie gives us a chance to see more about the Black Widow program uh, and where it was formed and ultimately how it switches from being a a vessel and a tool of misogyny into being something that is all about female empowerment when they take it over at the end. So that's, a, again, a lovely bit of, of plotting and a lovely bit of tonal, uh, let's see, symmetry, I guess, uh, which is kind of, you know, th that it ends in that place. And uh, yeah, again... For a film that we know kind of has a tragic ending for the protagonist, it's nice to have that level of, um, you know, a happy ending. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, the pace of the movie, I would say, is deliberate, but not necessarily slow. Uh, though it's not the sort of action scene every two minutes that you that you got in like Infinity War or that you might even expect from um, from a, a more modern action movie. But again, that just reminded me of the, the better sort of James Bond films or any film where there's kind of a chance to let the characters breathe. And again, uh, I, I hinted at it before, but and again, it's probably been said a lot, but the sense of family of the family unit is really there and those characters getting a chance to shine. There's real actual emotion uh, when sort of Yelena complains that she wanted it to be real and she won't hear otherwise or when Yelena and Natasha connect over it or um you know the, the fantastic scene at the start when they just seem like an, a regular sort of suburban family and then yeah <laughs> chaos breaks loose so uh it's very good at that in my opinion um is the film perfectly paced no it's maybe a little bit too long and it is kind of let down by the final act going a little bit too far and some cheesy kind of origin prequel-y type bits that I've discussed. 
Um, but ultimately, I would say the film is entertaining. It's enjoyable. It's well acted. It's brilliantly directed. I really liked it. Um, I was suitably impressed. So uh, I will give my personal score because that's more or less my conclusion there. And I will say that for me, uh, I give it four stars out of five. Uh, and I'm looking forward to watching it again since I now have the option since it's on my Disney Plus. And uh, I really did. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was and it, it, it's not going to you know, break records and it's not going to set the world on fire or be explosive like a big Avengers Endgame or anything. But for me, it's a, a movie that I would happily watch again anytime uh, and, and chuck back on anytime to watch and enjoy. So, and yeah, like I said, en enough positives in it that I've discussed that you'll have heard anyway um, from everyone that make it absolutely worthwhile. Um, so yeah, that deals with my thoughts. But as I said, what we're going to get into now is a bit of an extended audience interaction section. Uh, and first of all, I suppose it's only fair uh, for me to deal with Will's thoughts uh, on the film. He is the other half of this podcast at present. Um, so he couldn't be here with us, but he did actually give a review that he sent to me and he posted on Letterboxd. And it's relatively detailed, so I will present it here as if he was here and give his score uh, and use that to give us the podcast average score, just the same as if he was here in the previous episodes that we've done. Uh, so if you bear with me, Will says uh, about the film, it's perfectly fine, but I would be lying to myself if I said there weren't some issues with it, particularly in the first third of the film. For example, I understand they tried to establish Natasha wasn't an ordinary girl, but by making her fly a bloody plane as a child, that had me laughing at how ridiculous that was, and the fact that she could take a gun from a militant, whatever. Uh, there's some nice character stuff in here, but it just felt so easy. Do you want to find the Red Room? Go talk to this person. This person is conveniently your mother. Uh, flawed, yes. Terribly flawed, no. The action scenes are some of the best the MCU has produced and the story itself was really interesting and was developed well when the focus was on it rather than the character building stuff, which definitely took center stage. Uh, the emotional beats performed by Florence Pugh were terrific and David Harbour was fab as the Red Guardian. It struck the literal perfect balance between seriousness and comedy. How they called back to the trees at the end was touching and I honestly would have never thought about doing that in a million years. Stroke of genius from the director or whoever's decision that was. Uh, yeah, Will liked the movie not anywhere near as much as me, but uh, he gave the movie three stars out of five. Um, and my, my particular right to respond to one of those things is that in terms of his issues with the start of the movie, maybe I'm wrong. I still have only seen it once, but I thought Natasha had already been through the Black Widow training, so she wasn't just an ordinary girl. Um, when they're getting taken away at the end, I'm sure she says something about how Yelena is too young to go through the training and... Um, and David Harbour's character says, well, you were even younger. And later on, her mother does mention that she's been cycled through the Red Room like dozens of times. So it could, it doesn't preclude the fact that and Natasha would be going back to do the training again. Um, so potentially that would answer that niggle. Um, but, you know, if, if you still have an issue with it because she is absolutely still a child and whatever, fair enough. And uh, the rest of his criticisms, I, yeah, uh, it's hard to disagree, to be perfectly honest. Um, some things will either just land for you or they won't. But uh, so, yeah, that's both of our thoughts. And obviously the average there for the podcast is fairly easy to work out uh, with a three from Will and a four from myself. That makes the overall podcast score for Black Widow three and a half stars out of five. Um, so, yeah. I'm doing things probably in a bit of a wrong order, but bear with, it's been a bit of a stressful time and uh, I'm just struggling to uh, to to get this out and uh, have it ready and uh, get this on the podcast channel and then uh, 
maybe some changes coming that we'll discuss at the time. But uh, I do have some other audience interaction, which I will put into this section, even though it's probably in the wrong place, but never mind. Um, Scatterbrain UK says, Black Widow was a really good send-off to Natasha and builds on many possibilities with Yelena as the new Black Widow. Also loved Harbour as Red Guardian. Hope he pops up again soon. So, um, Satanta77, these are all on Twitter, by the way, um, has said, Black Widow was a good movie, but not great. Which is fairly succinct and to the point. Um, Doctor Who Doodles on Twitter says, Black Widow was dot, 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 fine, I guess. Okay, fair enough. Uh, this is huge, simply says Captain America the Winter Soldier is still the best Black Widow movie. All right. Uh, and Chris at Gel Nerd says Black Widow was amazing. Bond meets Marvel. So, again, I think he's kind of on the same page as me in regards to that. So that's just a few of the, uh, of the thoughts and a sample of the opinions on the movie. Um, again, this is going to be shorter because I'm not really bouncing off anyone. It's a solo review. Uh, if I come back uh, again to do one of these hopefully i'll have somebody with me because i don't know if solo works super well um but that's that's our thoughts anyway as i said personally my opinion you've had and you've had the podcast opinion so what did you think uh, let me know in the comments below have you seen black widow did you pay for the disney plus premiere access or did you uh, go to the cinema to watch it i really wish i could have but still haven't had my second vaccine dose and i'm just a bit too nervous especially because the nearest cinema is miles away from us here so yeah um anyway let me know how you did say it if so and what you actually thought of the movie and here uh, let me know your favorite mcu movie and content and uh what you're perhaps more excited for of the films that's coming up because there is quite a few of them uh and yeah in the meantime uh we will hopefully be back with more reviews and more podcasts so keep it tuned here and uh we will be back soon bye